Come on. Well, good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome back to week three of our Advent series. Come on. We've had some incredible uh, messages these past couple weeks. We had Spencer um, came and, and he spoke on hope, and we had Dan last week speaking on hope. We've really covered hope in depth. So I'm really excited this morning uh, to speak to you all five days before Christmas. Isn't that mind-boggling? Christmas is in five days. Anyone excited for Christmas, by the way? Come on, a few? Okay, all right, all right, a few people. That's, that's, that's cool. Five days before Christmas. I'm I'm really excited to have this opportunity to share this message that God gave me today on, on peace. Because, you know, I believe Christmas is supposed to be a season of peace. It's supposed to be a, a time, a season where we get to relax, where we get to chill, where we get to spend time with family, um, where we, we get to just lay back and let life go on by. It's, it's a time where it's supposed to be a time of tranquility almost, time of peace. But you know, in this 2020 year, I feel like our peace has been disturbed. And you know, when, when God told me, hey, I want you to preach on peace, I was like, really, God? Really? Of all the topics I could preach on, God, you want me to preach on peace? Like, couldn't you pick something easier? I'm like, God, fear. That would be super easy. I could preach a great message right off the bat on fear. It would take me no time to prep. I could preach a message, God, on frustration. How many of you have been frustrated by this year so far? Um, like, the frustration of having to put life on hold. I could preach on disturbances, on how we've had to deal with different things that we didn't expect to deal with this year. But God told me, peace. I, wanna, I want you to preach on peace. This is a season of peace. And he told me to share with you all this morning that regardless of what's going on all around us, God is calling us in this moment to peace. See, John 16, it says, I've told you this. Jesus says this. I've told you this, so my peace will be with you. The world will make you suffer. Come on, who loves that verse? The world will make you suffer, but cheer up. I have overcome the world. I've told you this, so my peace will be with you. My peace will be with you. And I've called this message this morning, Under the Christmas Tree. Come on, Under the Christmas Tree. How many of you like what's under the Christmas tree at your house right now? Anyone a fan of what shows up under your Christmas tree every year? Come on. Um, I'm not able to visit my folks this year, unfortunately, because they live in Ontario. Um, but they just sent a box of all the presents and everything. And so me and my wife have had the opportunity to put some presents under, under the tree. And it's always, you know, so exciting you know, what's under the Christmas tree. It's so exciting because you get to anticipate what's to come. It's all of these gifts and stuff that we ask for, some that we just want, some that we actually need, all of this different stuff that, that we want, and, and, and it gets wrapped in this beautiful paper, it gets put under the Christmas tree, and then one day we get to gather together and open it and receive what has already been given. And... Um, as we approach Christmas, I've been thinking a lot about Christmas gifts and, and different kinds of gifts that people ask for and, and people actually receive in this season, different, different things that, that we get and we find under the Christmas tree. And, you know, what drew me to this passage in John was this idea of 
peace being a gift that Jesus wanted to give us. This idea of peace being something that Jesus had under the tree for his disciples. But, but what I really find fascinating is when you read this verse in context, it doesn't seem so much like a gift. Like, look, check this out. John 16, verse 1, it says, Jesus says, I have told you this, so that you would not surrender to confusion or doubt. For you will be excommunicated from the synagogues, and a time is coming when you'll be put to death by misguided ones. Let's just stop there for a second. What Jesus is saying is, hey, all of your friends that you have, all of those people you met at church, yeah, because you follow me, they're going to kick you out of the church. They're going to leave you. They're going to abandon you. They're not going to like you. And then a day is coming when they're going to try and kill you. That's pretty exciting, right? And then he goes on and he's like, now I'm about to leave you and go back to join the one who sent me. So the disciples, they're following Jesus and they've lost all these friends. They've lost this community. They're getting kicked out of the synagogues because they're following Jesus. And Jesus is like, hey, I'm leaving you. And then he finishes up verse 32. And the time has come when you will all be scattered. And each one of you will go your own way, leaving me alone. And then it's in this lovely context of Jesus saying, hey, your friends are going to abandon you. You're going to get kicked out of your church. You're going to get kicked out of the synagogue. All the people you used to worship with, all the people you grew up with are going to hate you. They're going to try and kill you. I'm going to leave you soon. You're going to be scattered. Your life is going to be disrupted. You're not going to be able to see the people you want to see. You're not going to be able to do the things you want to do because you chose to follow me. You're going to lose friends. You're going to get, be put to death. You're going to be scattered. But I'm telling you all this so you will have my peace. Under the Christmas tree, a gift Jesus was giving, the gift of peace. But you know, I think that idea of peace is, is really honestly controversial in our Western mindset. Because how, what Jesus is presenting here in these verses and what we see actually portrayed in culture are two very different things. See, peace, in our, according to our culture, peace is by definition the state of not being interrupted or annoyed by worry, problems, noise, or unwanted actions. Peace is freedom from disturbance and tranquility. Come on, that life sounds pretty great, right? Peace is state of not being interrupted or annoyed by worry, problems, noise, unwanted actions, freedom from disturbance. Essentially, peace, according to our culture, is living a life where you are not interrupted by anything. That sounds pretty great. It sounds like the kind of life I would love to have, but, you know, it stands counter to what Jesus is presenting in John. I give you my peace. The world will make you suffer, but I have overcome the world. And, you know, when I was prepping this message, I was looking into the def biblical definition of peace, and there's two primary words that the Bible uses to describe peace. There's the Hebrew word of shalom, and then the Greek word of erine. And, and really looking into these definitions and starting to examine what they actually mean and what the Bible actually means um, when it talks about peace, it was really interesting to me. Because nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the biblical definition of peace, do we find peace described as a lack of problems. 
No, rather, we see over and over and over again all of these verses telling us that bad things will happen. Your life will suck. Bad things will happen. The world will make you suffer. But we need to have peace. It's counter to culture. It's peace despite your circumstances. It's peace despite your failings. It's peace despite what's going on around you. It's peace despite the fight you had with your parents. It's peace despite everything. And this really led me to realize three simple things about peace. Number one is this. Peace is a present that God freely gives us. See, John 14, 27 puts it this way. It says, Jesus says, I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. So peace is a gift. Number two, peace requires faith. See, Hebrews tells us that, that faith is the assurance in things unseen. It's peace despite everything. Peace requires faith. Faith that God will come through. Faith that you can trust God despite what's going on in your life. Faith that it will work out in the end. Peace is a decision to trust God despite what's going on around you. To change your focus from what's going on in the world to focusing on what God is doing in that moment. Peace requires faith. And number three, peace is, well, it's, it's easy to lose. See, I think peace is something that's under the Christmas tree. But you sometimes have to have faith that God is a good dad and that he knows what's best for you and that he's protecting you. And you've got to go and you've got to get the present and then you've got to open the present. I know, it's so cute. I brought this home and my wife was like, oh my goodness. You've got to open the present that God's giving you. And then when the world comes after you and things come after you and people come after you, your life is not where you want it to be and you've got all of these things trying to take away your peace, you've got to cling to it no matter what. So that when things come along and try and rip it out, they can't get it. Under the Christmas tree. You know... As I was going through this message and prepping this message, as I mentioned earlier, I was, I was really thinking about different, kind of Chris, different kinds of Christmas gifts that, that we get and we ask for. And I really started thinking about like, the kinds of gifts that I've asked for in my life. And I realized something. It's, it's taken 25 years of my life for me to go from asking simply for things I want to, sim- to things I also need. Um, which was an interesting realization for me. But as I was thinking back and I was examining my life and examining all the different presents that I asked for, I realized that throughout my whole life, there have been the three types of presents that I've asked for or received each Christmas. Three types of gifts. And so present number one was this. It's, it was the gift that I wanted but didn't get. Come on, how many of you have ever asked for something that you haven't gotten? Come on, a couple people. Come on. You know, growing up for me, that was always the biggest, baddest Lego set. I was really creative. I loved Lego so much. And if it was like this massive, massive Lego boat that was like $700, I wanted it. I wanted it. But I can assure you, at no point would 
I opened that Lego set up out from under the Christmas tree. Like my parents, they tried to spoil me and my brother. They gave us a lot of gifts. They were very intentional about helping us see what, what gift giving actually meant. And, and they tried to spoil us every Christmas, but at no point did I unwrap this $700 Lego set from under the Christmas tree. And right now, to make it a little bit more personal and present to my current situation, right now, like, if you know me, you know that I love tech. I love everything tech. I love reading about all of this, these scientific breakthroughs. I love reading about how, how there's a fusion reactor that China's working on to create limitless uh, energy. I love reading about, like, rockets and space travel and things like that. And that really has led me to, to love the idea, and I know this is a swear word in Alberta, but to love the idea of electric cars. I know, I know, oil province, how dare I, but, but I just, I love the idea of electric cars because it's just this cool tech. And, and so one of the things that I've wanted for a couple years now is, is to get a Tesla. Because they're just, they're just really sexy cars. Like, if I'm just being real, if I'm just being real honest with you, they're just really, really nice cars. And, I, I, and that's a, something I've wanted, but I can promise you, under my Christmas tree right now, there is not a Tesla. Just, just being honest, I know for a fact we haven't opened gifts yet. There's not a Tesla under the Christmas tree. I wish there were keys to a Tesla, but I can assure you there's also not keys to a Tesla under the Christmas tree. It's a gift I want, but don't get it. It's a gift we want, but don't get it. And then, and then the second present is this. It's the gift we want, but don't need. Gift we want but don't need. How many of you have ever asked for something you don't need? Come on. Growing up, it was always like, like random toys and things like that. Nowadays, as I mentioned, I love tech, so my uh, Christmas list this year was probably 75% smart home tech. Varying in price range from $20 to like several hundred dollars, but you know, because um, I just, I love tech, and, and, and it's tech, and it's video games, it's board games, it's things, things like that, but it's the things we want but don't need, the things that we want because we think they'll make us happy. It's the gift we want but don't need, and then, and then the third present is, well, you know, the one we want but we got to work for. And you know, this one, I... As I mentioned earlier, I have, I have an older brother. Um, and this one, it, it, this was the gift that my brother always packed. It was never the one that my parents wrapped. It was my brother. You see, my brother, if I can brag on him for a second, he's brilliant guy. Like, oh my goodness, he can start talking about random science things, and within three seconds, I have no idea what he's saying. Like, I understand the words he's saying, they just don't make sense together. Um, but he, he's working on his PhD in some kind of science. I don't even know how to describe, I don't even know how to name it. It's insane how brilliant he is. But as a kid growing up, he always used that brilliance to, you know, torture me. Um, no better way of putting it. Um, and so Christmas time or birthday time would come around and I'd go to unwrap my brother's present, and it would be this massive, massive box wrapped 700,000 times with 17 little boxes in it, and inside, in the center of this massive box, would be a tiny slip of paper. And then that tiny slip of paper would start me on a 16-step scavenger hunt, the first step of which would take me 40 minutes to complete. 
And whenever I got the actual gift in the end, it was always something I wanted, but I always was so frustrated by the end of it, I didn't know if I wanted it anymore. But it was the gift that I wanted, but I had to work for. And you know, as I was thinking about these things, and I was thinking about these types of gifts, I started to realize that these things are kind of, are the sort of things that we actually ask for in life, that we actually look for in life. You know, there's the gift we want, but we don't get, and that really can be summed up with things like health, finances, no problems in life. You know, life where there's peace, where nothing bad is going on around, around you, where you have the money you need, where you have health and no disease comes against you, where, where life is just peaceful. And then present number two that we look for, it's the one we want but don't need, it's, it's things like uh, a partner, like more money, more stuff, things that we think will make us happy in the moment. It's things we want, but we don't truly need. And then third present, want, or gift we want, but we have to work for, well, that really can be summed up by relationships. Friends, family, significant others, people to do life with. We look for all of these different kinds of things, and, and really what we're looking for, if, if I can sum it up and break it down a bit further, is for our first gift, it's something we want but don't get. We're looking for things like health, finances, peace, no problems. What we want truly, if we were to sum it up in a single word, is safety. We want safety. We want peace with our circumstances. We don't want bad things happening in our life. And then present number two, one we want but don't need, we're looking for things like a partner, like money, like more stuff. And really what we want is success and satisfaction. Success in our life and success in our, our, our business life, success in our, our working life, and success in our relationships, and satisfaction from things. Because if I can just get that promotion, if I can just get that boat, I'll be happy looking for success and satisfaction, for, for peace with ourselves. And, and then for the third present, one we want but have to work for, we're looking for friends, family, successful relationship, and really what we're looking for, if I were to sum it up in, in two words, is a social circle. We're looking for a community. And with that, we're looking for peace with others. But what's interesting in these situations is what we ask for, what we're looking for, and what we get are, well, very different things. You know, present number one, where it's the one we want but don't get. Well, we're going through life, and we're looking for health. We're looking for good finances. We're looking for a life free of problems, and, well, what we get is... COVID. COVID. We get the unexpected gifts. COVID. War. Disease. Problems. Stress. It's the gifts we, we don't see coming. And then with our second gift, well, we're looking for something that we want but don't need. We're looking for a partner. We're looking for finances. We're looking for more stuff. What we really want is success and satisfaction. And what we get, well, we get the unwanted gifts. Oh. 
How many of you like wool? It's the unwanted gifts. The breakups, the lost jobs, the lack of money, the inability to buy what you think will make you happy, happy, the problems that happen to the things in your life, your house burns down, your boat sinks, you know, random things like that. You get passed over for that promotion. It's the unwanted gifts, the, the gifts that you would never ask for, but somehow you just get blessed with. And then with the third one, well, we're looking for something that we want, but we have to work at. We're looking for friends, we're looking for family, we're looking for successful relationships. Really what we want is we want a social circle. But what we get are the unnecessary gifts. Oh, someone's trying to send me a message this Christmas. It's the unnecessary gifts. The gifts that you hope you're lucky enough to avoid. It's the drama, the fights, the interpersonal problems that come from having relationships with other people. And what's interesting with these things is when Jesus says, John 16, 33, he says, I've told you this, that my peace will be with you. The world will make you suffer, but cheer up, for I have overcome the world. But when we get these gifts, how many of you are cheerful when you get the unexpected gift? or the unwanted gift, or the unnecessary gift. No, that's really not how we feel in the moment when we get these gifts. Rather, when we're looking for health and finances and, and no problems, we're looking for safety, we get the unexpected gifts. How we feel in that moment is distressed, afraid, anxious, because all of these things are outside of our control. Because God, I wanted a good Christmas. I wanted to spend time with my family this Christmas. I, w I wanted to have a, a good year. 2020 was supposed to be a great year, God. Why did you give me COVID? Why did this happen? I feel distressed. And then when we get the gift that we want, but, or we're looking for the gift that we want but don't need, the partner, the, the money, the more stuff, and we get the unwanted gifts, the being passed over for, for promotions, what we feel is, uh, is we start to feel discouraged, frustrated with how our life is going. Because I thought I'd be farther along in my life than I currently am. I thought I'd have more money in the bank than I currently do. I thought I'd be somewhere else in my life, and, and life is just passing me by. I'm so discouraged because where did I go wrong? Get discouraged, and then with the third present, looking for friends, looking for family, looking for a relationship, looking for community, looking for a social circle. We get the unnecessary gifts, the drama, the fights, the problems. And we start to feel displeased. Because don't they know what's going on in my life? Don't they know I'm already dealing with COVID? I'm already disappointed with where I am in my life? Don't they know that I'm already upset and discouraged? Don't they know? I feel displeased. 
angry and annoyed at people for causing us problems. Because people are being stupid. And then that peace that God gave us earlier that we unwrapped from under the Christmas tree, we've been holding on to it, and suddenly all of these problems come along, and COVID comes along and starts pulling at that peace. And then we don't get that promotion, pulls at that peace. And then some people start causing drama and they pull at that peace and we let it go. Reaction is we give up our peace. And really, if we break it down, it, it, all of these things, they, they, have, they have a source. They have an interesting source. Like present number one, we're looking for health, finances, um, no problems. We're looking for safety. We get COVID. Well, really, it comes down to uncontrollable circumstances. So there are things in your life that you want peace in, but you just don't have control over. Like if you had asked me last year, New Year's Eve, what I thought would happen in 2020, I would never have guessed COVID. I'd have been like, well, we're going to see the church grow. We're going to see incredible things happen in our youth ministry. We're going to see all of these cool things. It's going to be a great year. I never would have expected COVID, but we got COVID. And the source is an uncontrollable circumstance. I can't control what's going on around me sometimes. I can only go control what's going on inside of me. And then with the second present, the looking for partner, money, stuff, things to make us happy, we're looking for success and satisfaction. We get the unwanted gifts, the, the, the wool socks for Christmas. Oh, and they're purple. Great. That's just what I wanted. And we lose money. We get, have breakups. We lose jobs. We get passed over for promotions. We, we don't feel like we're far enough along in our life. We get discouraged. And really what it boils down to is unrealistic expectations because we expect more of ourselves. Expect more of ourselves, and we want to be farther ahead in our life. We want to have more money. We want to have more stuff. We expected our life to be different. And then with the present we want, but we have to work for, well, we really, we just want friends and family, people to support us. We get fights and drama. We feel displeased, and really what it comes down to is unpredictable people. broken and hurting people that then hurt you. Because the reality is that you're a broken and hurting person, and they're a broken and hurting person, and people who are broken and hurting, well, they break and hurt others. It's unpredictable people. But fortunately, with all of this, there, there is an answer. There is an antidote. There is a way to get back your peace in all of these circumstances. For the first present, unexpected gifts. We feel distressed because of uncontrollable circumstances in our life. Well, the antidote, well, it's, it's really, really simple, actually. It's turn it off. Turn it off. You know, if I'm honest with you guys, this summer, there's a period of a couple weeks this summer where I was feeling really, really down because of the circumstance. And feeling down because I'd realized, like, I'm not going to be able to see my folks this Christmas. Me and my wife always flew back to Ontario to visit my folks. Not going to be able to do this th that this year. 
was feeling really down because of the whole situation and the, the news reports were all going negative and more and more restrictions were coming into play and I was like just feeling really down and stressed out and, and there came a point where all of the things that normally helped me de-stress really weren't doing anything for me. It was like all of the different things that I like to do that help me to, to relax and, and give up the stress and to, to turn my focus back to God, it really wasn't working. And, and finally, there was a moment where I was fed up. I was bored. I was tired. I was stressed. I was fed up. It was a Saturday. I went to my wife. I'm like, I'm going to go for a run. And she's like, really? Because that was out of, out of the norm for me. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go for a run. And so I went out and I put my headphones in and I was listen, listening to worship music. And in that moment, God spoke to me. And what he revealed to me in that moment was the reason I was stressed, the reason I was distressed by the situation was I had so much garbage on my phone that was taking my focus away from God. I had Instagram, I had Twitter, I had Reddit, I would scroll Facebook for work, I would do all these different things and all these different news articles and all these different problems that I would see would just cause all this stress. And God told me in that moment, he's like, if you want to if you want to be free of that stress, if you want to break free of this season, what you got to do is, well, it's this really cool thing, uninstall. I'm not even joking. I put that app only on my phone right, or about five minutes before I came out here because of this illustration. I haven't had social media on my phone in probably three months. Sometimes when we're so focused on what's going on around us, we can lose focus on what God is doing within us. And we can become stressed. And sometimes all we need to do to, to break free of these unexpected situations and these unexpected problems and all of the COVID is we just, we just have to turn it off. Just have to turn it off and trust God. Trust God that he's got your back no matter what. And then when we're looking at, well, you know, the unwanted gifts, all the things that make you unhappy, the things that you feel your life should be farther along, you feel like your life should be going different, you feel like you, you should have more money in the bank, you feel like you should have a bigger house, all of the things that make us feel discouraged. Well, the antidote is really simple. It's See, when the Bible defines peace, one of the really interesting, cool definitions that I actually kind of don't like is it defines peace as being content with your circumstances. Being content with your present state of life. Being content with where you're at. And that doesn't mean not looking forward to growth, not looking forward to where God's calling you in the future, not working your butt off to get and grow and become a better leader and become a better person. It just means that as you're doing it, being content with where you're at and trusting God that he will bring you where he's called you to go. Be content. See, happiness, it, it really relies on happenings. It relies on things. But joy is something that's internal. Be content with where you're at. It's the antidote to dealing with the unwanted gifts. And then with the third gift, the unnecessary gift, one we want but we have to work for, the, the problems, the drama, the fights, the people issues. Well, really, what it boils down to is you just got to work it out. Just got to work it out. You know, Jesus tells us in Matthew that if a brother sins against you, go to them. 
talk to them. Work it out. And if they still won't listen, well, then get a couple impartial witnesses and then go to them and talk to them and work it out. And if they still won't listen, well, then gather your community, gather the elders of the church and go to them and talk to them and work it out. And if they still won't listen, well, then cut them out of your life. But it's this really cool framework of when there's drama, when there's fights, when there's problems, don't just go on Facebook and rant about, oh, my coworkers are awful. No. Work it out. Work it out. See, Hebrews 12, 14, it says, In every relationship, be, choose to, or be swift to choose peace over competition. Run swiftly towards holiness. Work it out. What happens when we're looking for peace? We're looking for health. We're looking for finances. We're looking for peace. We're looking for safety. We get COVID. We get unexpected um, uh, gifts. And we, we turn to God and we turn it off. We turn our focus back on God. What happens in that moment is you get peace with your circumstances. And when you're looking for stuff to make you happy, partner, money, more stuff, you get the unwanted gifts, the, the being passed over for a promotion, the lack of money, the not being as far along in your life as you want, you're feeling discouraged because of your unrealistic expectation of yourself and you start to work on being content with where you're at. What you get is peace with yourself. And then when you're looking for that gift that you want, but you have to work at, you're looking for a community, you're looking for a social circle, and you get fights, the unnecessary gifts, the fights, the drama, the problems that come with being in a relationship with broken people, and, and you feel displeased because of the unpredictable people and the broken people that are hurting you, and you start to work it out, what happens is you find peace with others. And all of these different situations with all of these different gifts that we get but we don't necessarily want, we can still find peace. See, Philippians 4, 7, it says this. It says, don't be anxious or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life, then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. See, sometimes when you need peace in your life, you just got to trust God. Just got to turn to God. And you just got to open that, that free gift that he's been leaving you. Gift of peace. See, these, these three gifts that we find under the Christmas tree, peace with your circumstances, peace with yourself, peace with others, it all starts here. All starts here, in the presence of God. These things are all gifts that God is giving us freely, and all we have to do is we have to go, we have to accept it, and then we have to cling to it no matter what. But you know, I've talked about these three gifts of peace that God wants to give us in depth, but I feel I'd be remiss if I skipped the fourth gift that God has for you. Fourth gift of peace that God wants to give you. 
See, we've talked about peace with our circumstances, peace with ourselves, peace with others. But I believe right now under the Christmas tree, God wants to make a fourth gift available to you. And that is peace with God. You see, I think Christmas presents are actually a beautiful picture of what God offers to us. And I know a lot of Christians, they hate Christmas gifts because, oh, consumerism, let's stand up against that. But I think it's actually a beautiful picture because with Christmas gift, you go out, you buy something for someone else, you wrap it, you put it under the tree, and then on one day, they're able to open it and receive what you've given them. See, opening a present is really a picture of what God has done for us because opening a present is to receive what has already been paid for and what you can already, what is it being freely given to you. See, throughout the story of Scripture, the meta narrative of Scripture, we find the story of a God who created people because he wanted to love them. He wanted to have children who he could love and he gave us a free will so that we wouldn't be like robots or puppets that he just controlled. And then, and then people rejected God. They turned away from him. They ran from him. They turned to sin. They started causing, doing all of these things that caused hurt in their lives, that caused pain in their lives, that hurt others, that hurt our world. But with the story of Christmas, we find a God who wasn't willing to leave us in our mess wasn't willing to leave us in our brokenness. And so he sent his only son, Jesus, to be born in a manger, to be born as a human, to live a life showering us with love, calling us to a higher standard, and then to die on the cross for you, so that you could be saved from your sin. See, Romans 3 Verse 23, it tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, the result of our mistakes, the result of our sin, the result of all the bad things each and every one of us had done in our life is death. But God sent his one and only son so that we may be brought back to life that we could be saved. That's really what we find in Romans 10.9 and John 3.16. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10.13, for all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him will be saved. God wants us to have peace with our circumstances, peace with ourselves, and peace with others, but he also wants us to have peace with him, peace with God. So as we wrap up this message, I just want to give people an opportunity to, to accept that gift, accept that gift of peace. See, if you're here this morning and you're thinking, well, Darian, I've, I've never chosen to follow Jesus. I've never chosen to give my life to Christ. I've never chosen to, to believe in Jesus. But this morning, I, 
I feel something tugging at me. It's the Holy Spirit working in your heart. I feel something tugging at me saying, hey, I want to follow Jesus. I want to be a, a, a believer. I want to be a Christian. I want to be a follower of Jesus. I've never chosen to follow Jesus, but I want to. What I'm going to get us to do is it, in a moment, if I can get everyone right now, across the room, online, wherever you're at, just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. I want to give a, play, a moment where people can have a moment between them and God. But in a moment, I'm going to count down from three. And when I hit one, if that's you and you want to accept Jesus for the first time in your life, I just want you to do one simple thing. No one looking around. Cameras are panned close up on me. But if that's you and you want to accept Jesus for the first time in your life, I'm going to count down from three. And when I hit one, all I want you to do is slip up your hand and put it right back down. Come on. Three, God loves you. Two, your life will never be the same. One, if you want to follow Jesus, just slip your hand right up wherever you're at, in this room, online, wherever you're at, and just put it right back down. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Come on. Come on, this is exciting. You guys can open your eyes now. Because we've had people in this room just gave their life to Christ for the first time in their life. Come on. People joining us online, giving their lives to Christ for the first time. And you know, if you made that decision, I'm not trying to tell you that your life's going to be easy. No, Jesus said, I'm giving you my peace. But the world will make you suffer. But the beauty of that promise is, and then follows it up with, I've overcome the world. So if you made that decision, I just want to encourage you to do one other thing. I'm not going to single you out. I'm not going to make you come stand up, come down to the front. We're not going to do anything like that. All I want you to do is to text the word BELIEVE to 587-855-5569. See, we have a team of people who, if you made that decision, we want to support you. We want to be there for you. We want to walk with you in this decision of accepting Jesus. So if you made that decision, I just want to really encourage you. Text BELIEVE to 587-855-5569. It's anonymous unless you provide your name. We have people who want to partner with you and help you in that journey of faith. Come on, as we close, if I can get everyone to stand right now. I just want to pray a blessing over all of you. Father God, I... Thank you for each and every person who's in this room right now, each and every person who's watching us online right now, God. I thank you that each and every person is your child who you love dearly. Thank you that you sent your son to be born in a manger. That's why we celebrate Christmas. And then to die on a cross, that's why we celebrate Easter for us. God, I just pray as we go into our weeks, as we go in, into this next week and looking forward to Christmas and we have all of these circumstances, all of these problems that, that we don't know how to deal with, God, I just pray that we will find your peace and we will cling to it no matter what. That no matter what the world throws at us, no matter how we feel, no matter what the problem might be that we're facing, God, that you will come through for us and that we will hold on to that peace no matter what pray this all in your holy, holy name. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen.